Hello, this is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk Podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration, sharing tips, tools, and talk. We're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. season four and this is episode 14 and we are just continuing this theme of what it truly means to follow to follow Jesus Christ and this morning um, I sat with our uh, at, at, uh, at our Rose house we have a resident housing manager who is also prayer pastor and she is also, um, my prayer mama, as well as Jenna's prayer mama. Uh, but Ruthie and I, um, were actually just reading through song of Solomon. And if you haven't read song of Solomon, definitely encourage that you do. It's such a beautiful picture of the bride and the bridegroom of Jesus, um, and the, and the church and, um, Relating that to also this last weekend, um, Corey Russell and Alan Hood came to New Creation World Outreach Church in Mankato. And, you know, Jenna, I didn't, I didn't share this with you, but I heard a message that just, I mean, it, it was really unlike any other message I've ever heard before. And there was such an anointing on it because I believe this is what the Lord is doing in the body of Christ right now is, you know, do you know who you really are? Right. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we walk into relationship with Jesus Christ, it's, we learn who he is. And then we also learn who we are in him. And Ruthie and I, this morning, we're reading through, you know, song of Solomon. And it's just, again, such a beautiful picture, but she, the, the Shulamite woman, she begins to learn who she really is in his presence. And this is again, a beautiful story. It's, you know, just kind of back and forth. Um, but the things that, that she says, and the things that he says back, that's what I've just been in. And I want to just read this. This is the Shulamite, the woman um, saying, I've made up my mind. Uh, so this is Song of, Sol- Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, chapter four, verse six. I've made up my mind, right? There's a decision. She's making a decision. Until the darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come in spite of shadows and fears, in spite of the swirl, in spite of the chaos, or in spite of the things that are happening around me or in the world, I will go to the mountaintop with you, the mountain of suffering love and the hill of burning incense. Yes, I will be your bride. Like, yes, I will be your bride, Lord. Yes, I will do whatever it takes. And that mountain of suffering love, like that is what I believe, Jenna, we have been talking about the, the, the laying it all down, the sacrifice, the, um, the following Jesus and truly being a disciple, no matter the cost, because it's going to cost it's costly, his love and in relationship with Christ is costly. Um, so I just believe like, this is what's happening in the body of Christ. There's like this, uh, just, it's a, it's a fire. It's a, a recognition of following him is costly. Um, but, but is of course, 
the best thing, right? The one thing, the one thing that, that matters most. So yes, I will be your bride. And then he goes on to respond back. You know, every part of you is so beautiful. My darling, perfect is your beauty without flaw um, within. So like, do we really know how God sees us? You know, do we, mm-hmm. do we really know how much he loves us? And um, Song of Solomon is just, again, such a beautiful picture of that love. And I know you've also been um, Jenna reading about, um, first love. Um, so what has the Lord been showing you or speaking to you about first love? Yeah, well, I'm right in the, I think we're right in the middle, both of reading the same book. Discipleship begins with beholding by Samuel. Is it Whitfield or Whitefield? Whitfield. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just really interesting because I feel like there's this theme you know, our friend, Aaron, that's down in Texas, there's just this thing, theme about coming back to your first love. And, you know, in revelation two, you know, it talks about that in revelation two, it talks about, you know, like, um, you know, you were doing all of the right things and you were doing all of these things, but you know, you abandoned your first love. And so what does that mean? Like, what does that really mean to abandon your first love? And it it talks about going back and doing the things that you first did. And it's actually like, I almost take it like as a command. And so, you know, I look back and I just think of um, the, the tenderness and the posture of my heart. Like when I first came to the Lord and it was like in this place of just being like, in wonder and awe of God. And, you know, this book, it talks about like delighting, like in the Lord. And I, and I, I never really thought about it before. Like, even though that's like what I was doing, like, even now, like when I read that, I was like, the word delight was really, and, and what does delight mean? Like, how do, like, how do I know if I'm delighting in the Lord And, and delight is about, you know, pleasure. It's about like, like yeah. your joy, like, you know, yep. and yep. Um, I don't know. And I'm just feeling like it, it's like you said, I feel like the whole body of Christ is like going through this as, as, as in knowing Jesus as the bridegroom, which makes us the bride. And, and what does that look like? And what is the revelation of that? And what does that really mean that Jesus is our bridegroom? Like, yeah. you know, I just yeah. think of our lover and we're a bride. Yeah. And, um, I went to a really beautiful wedding, um, this past weekend. Hmm. Um, So did I. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just a really beautiful wedding. And this couple had written their own personal vows and then shared them with each other, like at the wedding. And it was like tearjerker. Like it was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. But then to see, the response like of the bride and she was crying and then she started laughing and she like couldn't Mm. stop laughing. And then people started laughing. It was like something just broke out and she could hardly even gather herself then to um, like give her vows. And I, you know, our worship leader Taylor brought this up at our church on Sunday. And he said, you know, like the word of God is like, a love letter to us, like from God. Yeah. And when we read it, like we should, like we should be responding in the same way. Yeah. Um, Yes. Yes. I wanted to read this little small 
excerpt from this book that we're reading, um, Discipleship Begins with Beholding. It says, Jesus has waited thousands of years for a bride, and the Father is going to give him a bride worthy of his weight, a companion who loves him and enjoys him thoroughly. No groom wants to come to a wedding and find a bride who is there out of obligation, hoping that the wedding will provide some personal benefits. A groom longs for a bride who is captivated in love. Yeah. A bride longs for the same thing with a genuine desire for him, for the man whom she is committing her life. Jesus is no different. He does not want to join himself to people who do not find him desirable, enjoyable, pleasurable, and beautiful. And I don't know when I read that, I just got kind of wrecked and I just was like, yeah, yeah. Making sure that there was none, no obligation in me that there was like, it was truly just like, I love Jesus, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's not about personal benefit. No, no, it's him. It, it's about him. Yeah. It's about him. This brings me to this back and forth between the bride and the bridegroom, right? In the Song of Solomon. And it's again, such just a beautiful example. And I mean, listen to this, like the Shulamite, she says, I mean, do we feel this about Jesus? Right. And, and I've heard this preached before, like we get to use the word of God. We get to speak the word of God to God. Like it's God's word back to God. (laughs) Right. My beloved is to me the most fragrant apple tree. Okay. Like the most delightful like, this is like her saying this to Jesus, right? Like the, the bride saying this, my beloved is to me, the most fragrant apple tree. He stands above the sons of men sitting under his grace shadow. I blossom in his shade. And again, right. It's not about the benefits, but this is what happens when you're with Jesus enjoying the sweet taste of his pleasant, delicious fruit, whether it be fruits of the spirit, him resting with delight where his glory never fades. Suddenly he transported me, right? And how many times does this happen, right? Where you just get like laid out, like totally Mm -hmm. under the presence of the Lord. Suddenly he transported me into his house of wine. He looked upon me with his unrelenting love divine. Revive me with your raisin cakes. And we could go, you know, depths into this with these each mean, because they all have meaning. Refresh me again with your apples. Help me and hold me for I am lovesick. I'm longing for more yet. How could I take more? His left hand cradles my head while his right hand holds me close. I am at rest. I am at rest in his love. Right. And there's like, again, just this back and forth and um, just again, such a, such a beautiful picture um, of the bride and the bridegroom. And it's, you know, do we, do we truly have this? And I believe, I believe in asking for it. I really do like to truly like, Lord, I want to hunger and thirst for only you. Right. Because then everything else just becomes dull. Everything else becomes, um, you know, not as enjoyable, but I do believe, and I've heard this preached before that it's like the appetite, right. We, we do, we, we, be, we become what we behold. So if we're going to behold mm-hmm. Jesus, that's where we're truly going to be satisfied versus if we're beholding worldly things that truly never really do satisfy. We keep running after that stuff and that stuff will never suffice. Right. So again, right. Return, um, first love Jesus. 
And, and I, you know, you asked the question, what is that? What does it look like? I believe it's, you know, in a, in a practical term, when I think about like my day-to-day life, it's, it's waking up and spending time with him, you know, instead of getting on emails or social media, right. It's, it's devoting time. It's wanting to spend time. It's, um, seeking his will instead of my own or anything that might be soulish. Right. So I believe that's a first love. Like you think about what it was like when you first were encountered by Jesus, the Messiah, you know, the Holy spirit. I love how in Song of Songs 2, starting in verse 10, and I think of, um, I always I always think of also like the book of Hosea, mm. um, but it says, the one I love calls to me, arise, my dearest, hurry, my darling, come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one, the season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. Mm. I mean, it just goes on. I could just like continue reading the whole thing, but um, yeah, when I read that and it says the rains have soaked the earth and it's like, you can't help but think of the Holy Spirit, just like the the rain being an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and how it's, 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 it, we're soaked with him. Yes. And then what, and then things bloom out of that, right? When we get soaked in the Holy Spirit, it says uh, flowers bloom. And then it says the season for singing and pruning the vines have arrived. And I think for both of us, like singing is such a, a beautiful thing, like singing and worship and, um, but then comes pruning also. So pruning, (laughs) I mean, pruning is a part of it, pruning, letting God come in and sift through your heart, sift through your life and just see what is really at the foundation, you know, removing idols, you know, um, from your life and making sure that at the foundation of your heart, there he is, you know, and the good news is, is that once the pruning is over, you're left, but nothing but a solid rock to stand on, you know, um, you, you're like left in this place of, of complete truth, you know, and, and nothing is shaken. Like there's no sinking sand. It's, it's everything is firm and your, your eyes are, are fully fixed on Jesus Christ. I love that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And it's, this, this draws me back to the book. So, you know, listeners, you've, you've heard us talk about this before, especially in these last couple episodes about, um, a book that was uh, recommended. We're both reading it. It's, um, Oh my gosh, Jenna, help me. Uh, Samuel Whitfield. Uh, discipleship disi- begins with beholding. Disi- okay, right. Discipleship begins with beholding. And it's based on this scripture verse of um, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And, you know, when I when I hear you share just now, this is what this is what it is. It's, you know, but we all with uncovered face or unveiled face are beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. So, so like we become what we behold, right? So like, are we really 
Are we really looking at Jesus? And when we're looking at Jesus, our image is going to reflect Jesus. Like we're being, we're being fashioned and formed into the image of Christ. And so anything that is not of him or that doesn't line up is literally like, that's where the the pressure is or the, the, um, crushing the, the crushing, the fire, right. All of this. Right. But we all with unveiled face, behold against in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord, the spirit, second Corinthians three eighteen. So we're literally going through a change, an actual change. And I feel like it's a lasting change. You know, I was talking with someone the other day and I said, you know, really before I came to knew the Lord, um, everyone was always trying to tell me what was right or what I should be doing. And I was pretty rebellious, which is not good. But when Jesus came into my life, like no one had to tell me what to do. Like, you know, like, like that relationship with the Lord um, removed my rebelliousness and I responded to God, you know? And so I don't know where I was going with that, but um, God really changes us. I mean, he really does an, an everlasting change within our hearts and it's just the way that it was meant to be, you know, Yeah, it's just the way that it was meant to be for God to be the one, um, to help us and, and draw us to his heart and, and lead yeah. us out, lead us yeah. out of our, our bondage. Amen. Amen. He's, he's doing a work and that's, there's a scripture verse. I'm trying to remember exactly where it's at, but it's like basically something to the effect of, um, we'll carry it on to the day of completion. Like he's, he's at work within you, you know, and that's just the thing. Like when Holy spirit is at work in our lives and we're going to yield or submit to the Holy spirit, then there's that change. Now there is a turning away from, um, and that, I mean, that's a caution right there. Right. But this is why I'm drawn so much right now to this song of Solomon um, for this, this, this part that, and I'm going to read it again is I will go to the mountaintop with you. Like we can choose not to go to the mountaintop. We can choose yeah. not the suffering love or yeah. the hill of burning incense. And this, this and I, I'm going to be like, this is like my mantra <laughs> right now. I will go to the mountaintop with you, the mountain of suffering love and the hill of burning incense. Yes, I will be your bride, right? Because you can, you cannot be the bride. You cannot choose um, to do those things or to submit or, you know, um, and when I say submit, I know that word is like, like, I mean, like a good submit, (laughs) right? Like there's, there's like, that's like, yeah, (laughs) we had a conversation in Bible study, you know, the women's Bible study about that word submit, but you know, when, when you're being led in the right ways, like. I even think about my husband, like he is a good man and he loves God and, and he's, you know, I'm not trying to puff him up here, but he usually has a good word to say. So <laughs> Corey, if you're listening, this is not to puff you up, <laughs> but he usually, you know, he, he, he seeks the Lord and he's a good leader of our family. And so like, I, I, I know that his love is genuine and I want to submit, like, I want to follow him as my husband, but it makes me think of like Jesus's love, like he is leading us in the best ways and into the best things and created in his image. Like 
why wouldn't we say these things? I will go to the mountaintop with you, the mountain of suffering, love, and the hill of burning incense. I will be your bride, like whatever it takes. That's just, that's who Jesus is coming back for, right? The bride that doesn't compromise. Right. And so I actually want to read Proverbs 31 titled a radiant bride, because we can look at this as like between husband and wife, but I want listeners, everyone to join me and, and listen to this with ears as like, you're the bride of Christ. So listen to this as like, I'm the bride of Christ and he's my bridegroom. So um, starting in verse 10, it says, who could ever find a wife like this one? She is a woman of strength and mighty valor. She's full of wealth and wisdom. The price paid for her was greater than many jewels. Her husband has entrusted his heart to her for she brings him the rich spoils of victory. All throughout her life, she brings him what is good and not evil. She searches out continually to possess that which is pure and righteous. She delights in the work of her hands. She gives out revelation truth to feed others. She is like a trading ship bringing divine supplies from the merchant. Even in the night season, she arises and sets foot sets food on the table for hungry ones in her house and for others. She sets her heart upon a field and takes it as her own. I have so many comments. I'm like trying to get through it. She labors there to plant plant the living vines. She wraps herself in strength, might, and power in all her works. She tastes and experiences a better substance and her shining light will not be extinguished no matter how dark the night. She stretches out her hands to help the needy. She lays hold of the wheels of government. She is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor, for she always reaches out her hands to those in need. She is not afraid of tribulation, for all her household is covered in dual garments of righteousness and grace. Her clothing is beautifully knit together, a purple gown of exquisite linen. Her husband is famous and admired by all sitting as the venerable judge of his people. Even her works of righteousness, she does for the benefit of her enemies. Bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over the latter days. Her teachings are filled with wisdom and kindness as loving instruction pours from her lips. She watches over the ways of her household and meets every need they have. Her sons and daughters arise in one accord to extol her virtues, and her husband arises to speak of her in glowing terms. There are many valiant and noble ones, but you have ascended above them all. Charm can be misleading, and beauty is vain and so quickly fades, but the victorious woman lives in wonder and awe and fear of the Lord. She will be praised throughout eternity, so go ahead and give her the credit that is due, for she has become a radiant woman. And all her loving works of righteousness deserve to be admired at the gateways of every city. Yes. So good. Jesus. So that was Proverbs 31 out of the Passion Translation. Um, But it's really something when you read that, thinking about like, I'm the bride of Christ and this, the radiant bride, that's who I'm being fashioned to be. Yeah, And it's a place where you can really evaluate yourself and self-evaluate, you know, always self-evaluate um, yeah. yourself and, and look, but I think about like, I loved how it said, um, 
Even in the night season, she arises and sets food on the table for the hungry ones in her house. And I just, and it, I just think about that, like rising in the night, like Danielle, how many times in the night has the Lord woke you up and you get up and you don't really know why you're up, but God's called you to pray. Yeah. And you're, you're just awake and you're just praying. And so I just think about that. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of times we don't, we don't understand the, we don't understand what we're doing, but one day we will. Yeah. And so anytime I feel a prompting from the Lord, I'm like, I don't really know why, I don't, but I don't need to know why <laughs> I right. just need to know his voice and his voice is asking me to do this. And so I'm going to do it. And if I never know why, awesome. Yeah. But I believe that there's going to be a day when I get to heaven and I can see things in the fullness. And I'm like, oh, that's why, <laughs> you know, yes. you yes. know, okay. Yes. With the mysteries of God. Yes. Amen. Amen. The mysteries. And there is a mystery. And that, um, that chapter is, is so I'm sure near and dear to many of you who are listening, um, women, you know, who are disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, and that, that chapter is what (laughs) my husband read that chapter over me the week before we got married. Now keep in mind, we were engaged for a week, (laughs) but he read that over me and I'll never forget it. Like it was such a beautiful moment. I felt the Holy spirit come over me. Um, you know, and it was just an assurance that like, yes, this is my husband, but it was an assurance of like, the Lord is fashioning me into this. This is my part of my identity. Like, this is who I am to be as a woman, like is so special. And so I, I want to just, you know, as we, as we seek to kind of close here, wrap things up, just encourage that, you know, listeners, we, we have the word of God, which is alive and active. And, you know, you hear us reading it and faith can come by hearing, but what a beautiful thing to get in the word and to read these verses out loud, not just in your head, but to, to speak them out. And so the encouragement is to get in the song of Solomon, um, song of songs, um, revelation and, and read the word, you know, reading the word, hearing God's word, um, is such a powerful, powerful tool. And so in closing, um, I want, I do want to go back to one of the scripture verses in Song of Solomon, but, but let this wash over you. This is the Lord speaking. The bridegroom King, um, is saying, and I'm just going to read this over you. Oh, my beloved, you are lovely. This is song of song six, verse four. Oh, my beloved, you are lovely. When I see you in your beauty, I see a radiant city where we will dwell as one. More pleasing than any pleasure, more delightful than any delight, you have ravished my heart, stealing away my strength to resist you. Even hosts of angels stand in awe of you. Like this is how God sees you. Turn your eyes for me. I can't take it anymore. I can't resist the passion of these eyes that I adore. Overpowered by a glance, my ravished heart undone, held captive by your love, I am truly overcome. For your un dying devotion to me is the most yielded sacrifice. The shining of your spirit shows how you have taken my truth to become balanced and complete. Your beautiful blushing cheeks reveal how real your passion is for me, even hidden behind your veil of humility. And it goes on and on. It's so, so, so good. But that is, um, again, song, song, song. I hear you.